I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to the Giant Splash. I'm Henry Schulman, Giants beat reporter for the Chronicle. My guest is my longtime colleague and Chronicle columnist Bruce Jenkins. And we're going to discuss the state of the Giants and Major League Baseball at the midway point of this truncated 2020 season. Everything from Joey Bart's arrival to the Giants' playoff chances and Fernando Tatis swinging at 3-0 pitches with a big lead. We'll also talk about the playoff picture as well. Well, hello there, Bruce. Thank you for joining me at the Giants Splash Studios here in the Boom Boom Room, high atop the Myrna Loy Hotel. How you doing? Good. You know, I, I feel a trombone solo coming on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I just have to. I just have to tune it up. Can I? In my stroke, can I please get a C? Yeah, no, 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 no. lower register. Okay. Absolutely. Let's have a downbeat, and then we're on our way. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk music with you because you'll just run me under the table uh, here. <laughs> So we're we're chatting here um, at uh, it's uh, we're chatting on Monday here after the Giants completed their first thirty games, which is half of this truncated season. I've never typed the word truncated more <laughs> in my life than I have uh, in the last uh, month month and a half. They're fourteen and sixteen. Um, what do you think? Well, you know, <laughs> trying to make sense of anything is is really risky. You know, when when a team goes seventeen games without playing and. And uh, a bad team looks great, and then a great team looks horrible. But I mean, just all I know is they—they were they really the Giants are really fun to watch. I mean, I absolutely wouldn't miss it. Of course, that's what we do for a living. But it's something I'm really looking forward to now. Uh, whether it's Joey Bart or Yastrzemski or you know the the pitching, you know, trying to follow along with with Cap, what Kapler's doing, and and the way it's coming together is just really really refreshing and enjoyable. Uh, today, Henry, for the first time this season, this, this truncated season, uh, <laughs> I, I actually looked at the standings. I literally have not looked at any standings in any of any division uh, until now because it just—I was having a hard time taking it seriously. I mean, you and I both thought that the season should not be played. Um, they are playing it. They're struggling. They're they're staggering, but it's it's being played. And out here in the West. You know, you wouldn't know anything's wrong. Really, all the all this, this stuff happening has been in the East with the with the uh, you know teams getting postponed and everything else. But uh, you know, now I'm starting to look at the standings, and I, I guess the way it works, Henry, this is a long-winded answer, but uh, the first and second place teams in each division are going to make the playoffs, and then it's down to the last, the seven and eight seeds are having right. this record. So, I mean, the Giants are in that; they, they just are. Right. And, and that's fun. And, and, you know, the teams ahead of them, uh, you figure, you know, the Dodgers and the Padres are going to be first and second, I would imagine, in the, in the West. So that, that's kind of out. But when you look at, at the uh, trying to get one of those seven or eight seeds, it's, it's entirely feasible. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, if the season ended today, um, which hopefully it won't, but you never know with COVID, uh, yeah. the Giants would actually go to Wrigley Field. <laughs> For a best two out of three, with all of the games being at Wrigley Field, because that's how it's done. Yeah. 
um, in this first round. But if the Giants ended up in the eighth seed, they'd probably play the Dodgers uh, best of three at Dodger Stadium. And uh, I think I think the fans would actually get more of a kick out of that than having to go to Chicago. Don't you think? Well, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the Giants have a, have a funny way of playing the Dodgers straight up. I mean, this has gone on for years. They're right around 500 over the, this great Dodger run winning of divisions. And, you know, it's just it's, it's Dodgers and the Giants. So, yeah, I mean, you know, personally, uh, you know, going to Wrigley and watching that would be awfully cool. The Cubs are a very entertaining team. But, yeah, you, you can't beat Dodgers and Giants. You know what? I don't know what the thing that bugs me is. You know, you're going to have to go by winning percentage this year because there are going to be an, an uneven number of games, probably. And, and you know that actually, you you'll remember that in 1981 when they had that crazy strike. You've written about it, yeah. And uh, they had the crazy first half and second half. Uh, even at the even at that, the teams did not play an even number of games. But you could have a situation this year where. Uh, you know the the the, uh, the Mets uh, or the Phillies. Phillies are a better example. The the Phillies could end up playing uh, fifty four games, for instance. The Giants could end up playing sixty, and the Phillies could have a, a better winning percentage, and they could knock the Giants out of the playoffs. And I, I mean, I think that would be kind of. Uh, I don't think people around here would be happy about that. Yeah, it's uh, you know, there's so so much craziness in store. I mean. You know, the, the, the Cardinals get in there and they haven't finished their run of 18 straight triple headers or whatever it is they need to get back. <laughs> uh, uh, it's just going to be madness. But I, the, my attitude on, the, on that is you're just going to have to ride with, with anything. Anything that comes down, you're just going to have to go, you know what? Uh, th- this is what we have. Uh, you know, in 81, uh, the Cardinals and the Reds had, had arguments, you know, with as far as best record to best record in the second half. And they both didn't even get into the playoffs. And you just and by the time the Dodgers played the Yankees in the World Series, it was a very kind of a cool season. And, you know, we could have that again this year. So it's going to be weird. And the, 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 the one loss percentage is going, to, is going to screw some teams. But, you know, to me, Henry, you have to win the whole thing this year to make it really something that, that is truly meaningful and, and lasts and becomes part of your lore. I think just to make the playoffs, yeah, be awesome for the Giants. But on the real side, for any team, making the playoffs or not making the playoffs, you know, it's, it's not, it's not like a normal season where it's some kind of landmark. Well, no, the funny, the funny thing to me, and I think Giants fans would get somewhat a kick out of this is if the Dodgers finally won their first world series in 32 years and everybody said, well, it doesn't mean as much (laughs) uh, because they only played a 60 game season. On the other hand, I've heard people say that in some ways it would be more meaningful because of everything teams had to get through. Because, I mean, just to get to the position where you could be the number one seed in the playoffs and, and get to the playoffs, uh, you, you know, you'd have to have, have to have health. Um, in a year where a bunch of guys are getting hurt, pitchers especially because of the short ramp, and you have to get through another round of the playoffs. Uh, of course, you could look at it the other way, and this could be, a, you know, just one more round of the playoffs for the, uh, for the Dodgers to, uh, you know, to, to choke something, you know, gag on something and, and not win. Um, I mean, but, I mean, how do you feel? I, I mean, do you think that, that, that whoever wins the world series can really say, Hey, you know, we, we deserve this championship to be looked at like every other championship. It's not going to be viewed that way uh, among the, the general public. I don't think, um, I think there's a degree of legitimacy to it. Just the fact that if, if they actually finish, but, you know, what, what I don't think is talked about enough is, you know, whoever wins this thing, that group of guys is going to sit back and start talking about what they went through mentally. 
to get through this. I mean, there's so much anxiety. You know, it's, it started with the Giants with Buster Posey, you know, just weighing his life options. You know, guys are constantly, uh, you know, holding themselves back from their normal lifestyle and being super careful here. Or maybe some, a couple of guys got reckless, but they got through it, like the Cleveland guys, uh, the two guys that got in trouble for going out. But if, if they were to get through it, I mean, there's so much mental anguish uh, going on here. And, you know, the guys have bailed out of the season. A lot of guys are, I'm sure, thinking about it. I'm sure guys on teams that are about to drop out of it are thinking, man, do I really want to finish this season if, if we're out of it? So that, that whole angle, the team that, that gets through the finish line, uh, I think from, a, from the standpoint of what they've gone through, uh, mentally, it's going to mean a hell of a lot to them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's weird to think of the Giants as a playoff team, too. Um, I mean, it's weird to think of any team being 14 and 16 being in a playoff position uh, because that's something you usually consider for the for the NBA. Um, I don't know. I just personally hope that uh, that this eight-team playoff doesn't become permanent. But, you know, once, once they do stuff in baseball, it, it always tends to – you know, I mean, it tends to stick around. I mean, I think we're going to have the designated hitter yeah. in both leagues. I think that's a given. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I would rather baseball go back to being the sport that, uh, you know, it, you have to have the toughest uh, regular season. You have to survive the, the regular season and, and not have uh, half the teams get in. Uh, but, you know, money sort of rules all this stuff. I mean, uh, and, and seven-inning doubleheaders, good Lord. You know, maybe instead of playing um, – you know, like say 15 seven inning games or 16 seven inning games to make up all those games, you know, maybe they should play 52 inning games. What do you think about that? I, I like it a lot. Uh, yeah. You institute that tomorrow. And as you say, once, once they do it, man, you, they don't go back. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I think, um, you know, the DH, there's a chance that it could get one more season in the National League next year uh, without it. But there's a lot of momentum now toward just, you know, going, going, with it universally for the rest of time. Uh, you know, weird stuff like starting with a runner on second, that, that's not going to be in play in the postseason, correct? Uh, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. That's one I know is not supposed to be in play next year, but of yeah. course they could, you know, they could always, you know, talk that over. Um, yeah, that's been, that's been weird, you know. Uh, I mean, in, uh, 25 years ago or 30 years ago, you would have had 30 managers who would have bunted that guy over to third. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and now that's considered a, you know, a sign of weakness. Uh, it really, is. I mean, it's good. You know, it's like, you're like sort of less than human. If you try to bunt the guy over, it's not manly to win the game in that fashion. It's not manly. No, 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 no. <laughs> Just keep swinging away. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, do you like it? I mean, do you, do you find, have you found yourself watching a game that went into extra innings and go, Hey, you know what? This actually brings a little excitement to it. Well, I'll tell you what, it, it brings a lot of conversation into it. Uh, one adjustment I've had to make is I, I do almost everything on tape. You know, I tape the Giants and the A's. I've been taping the Astros and the Dodgers and the NBA. And so when I get to stuff, I'm fast forwarding. So I'm fast forwarding through a commercial here and I get back to play and I go, well, geez, I just, I just missed a double. What the, what the hell did <laughs> I got to go back and see that? And then I go, Oh yeah. You know, but, um, it's, it's, it's complete. It's completely nuts. Yeah, I, I do have a, you know, I have like about 15 Betamaxes that I bought as an investment. <laughs> if you want one for like $8, you know, I'll even ship it to you uh, over there at the beach. Yeah. Um, I'm trying yeah. to figure out uh, how to, what to do with my 9,000 VHS tapes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I don't know. I think you can take them to Costco and they can put them on one CD. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I have done um, that actually, but they're still lying around. I, 
I got kind of a soft spot for them as they take up all this space. Well, just watch out. I think they're flammable. Uh, <laughs> where were we? Oh, yeah, the extra inning things and the seven inning double headers and, and the designated hitter. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, so I, I kind of think that, you know, even people who sort of like are giving this regular season a little bit of side eye and not paying attention to it. I mean, I think, you know, you get to the playoffs and the playoffs are still the playoffs. And, you know, for, for baseball MLB, it's all about money because that's the only time they're going to make money this year. Uh, but I think for the fans, uh, I, I think that even those who don't really care right now are going to care. Um, and uh, I mean, just adding that, adding that best of three. I mean, don't you think there's going to be four higher seeds and four lower seeds? You got to think one of those higher seeds is just going to, you know, ha- cough up a hairball. Just going to have like a bad two days. Yeah. And they're going to be out, <laughs> Dodgers. Um, I mean that. You know, and, and and that's going to create conversation, right? Well, yeah, on the one hand, uh, you know, we've been dealing with this single-game wild-card playoff, which to me always seemed wrong. I mean, uh, if you play 162 games and your fans are fully invested for months and all of a sudden one game and maybe it's not even at your place and you're out, I get the drama, but I don't, I've never thought that was fair. So now at least it's a best of three. But on the other hand, it's only a best of three, and you got all the great teams in there. And you're right. Somebody's yeah. going to stink it up and, and, and make a stink about the thing being too short. Um, it could be the Dodgers. It could, you know, San Diego's had an incredible season and they, they, they'd like to move on a little bit. Um, so, who, who, you know, the Yankees and, and all this, the Tampa Bay teams that are doing great and all of a sudden they just bomb out of there. Uh, it's going to be strange. Once again, I, I'm, I'm trying to ride out everything without getting upset about anything. Um, and I am getting increasingly engaged in it. You know, the runner on second, I'm, you know, I'm saying, okay, well, what do you do here? What, you know, we talk about uh, the options there. It, it stirs up, you know, conversation. It seems weird, but it's, you know, it, it's engaging in its way. So I'm trying to just ride everything out. And I think that's got to be the prevailing attitude uh, for everybody, you know, as we try to get through this. Yeah, I think, you know, speaking of San Diego, I think you had some thoughts that you put in a column about, Tatis hitting a grand slam on a 3-0 count. I think they were. I think the Padres were ahead. Uh, you know, 82 to nothing. Yeah. Uh, and and I wasn't at your position that he should have been suspended for 18 games. <laughs> it was just just a little bit different. Uh, oh, it was okay. Maybe you could tell us. <laughs> well, uh, it's 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 a new day. It's it's not it's not 1974 where uh, on a 3-0 pitch you just uh, you know you you just. You, you don't you don't swing from your heels on a three and zero pitch with a big lead, because it's just you're trying to rub it in here. But you know we're in an era now where you can have a seven run lead, and it doesn't necessarily feel that safe. In a way, it's always been that way. But you know as we go on and on, uh, with home runs just leaving the yards. I think the Dodgers hit they hit seven homers. Seven night. home you runs know. yesterday. Yeah. Uh, you know they could have been down ten to one, and all of a sudden they're ahead eleven to ten. So. And Tatis, you know, he, he this guy was born to entertain. He's one of those guys. He, he's a priceless uh, commodity in that sense. Um, he's Ken Griffey Jr. He, you know, he's, he's uh, Vlad Guerrero. He, he, he just lives to entertain, and he's a inc- tremendous, tremendous player. And you just can't tell him to let ball four go by when he's got a grand slam in front of him. Um, and I just, I, I'm definitely in favor of players showing exuberance, celebrating as long as they don't directly insult the opposition and start a fight for a stupid reason. 
but to do a bat flip or, or hit a slam, you know, make, make a better pitch. If you're going to groove a pitch to a guy like Tatis, I'm sorry, but he's going to swing away. The scoreboard's not going to yeah. matter. And yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was, uh, there was a lot of commotion about that, and it stirred up uh, a lot of talk about old school and new school. But I, I, tell you, I haven't seen too many people defending uh, you know, the, the old school attitude there. No, no, just, you know, some, some real old, old timers, which isn't us because we're, we're young and modern. Um, <laughs> we really are. <laughs> well, we've talked a lot about baseball. I want to get into the giants a little more and you and I will do that right after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Henry Schulman back with my longtime colleague, Bruce Jenkins of The Chronicle. We're talking midseason uh, report here. Uh, and, and let's talk a little bit about the Giants' uh, catching situation. So Chadwick Trump, he should be the everyday catcher. I'm sure you would agree with that as well. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know what they're fooling around with this Joey Bart kid. I mean, uh, anytime you can have a guy named Chadwick Trump, he automatically starts for me. I haven't even seen him play. Exactly. Um, you know, let him bat left-handed, right-handed, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I you you know, I'm sure that on your your VHS tapes, you've seen. Uh, his some of his at bats in the first three games. Uh, I mean, he nearly hit he nearly hit one out twice. I mean, he went off the bricks for a double. Then he hit one like not even like kind of off the end of his bat, and it hit the top of the fence where the new bullpen is. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, you know, if you thought that, uh, you know, just based on what you heard and seen, that he would be able to make an impact like that. So many times these young guys come up, and they're just sort of cowed by the major leagues, and you know they they're facing pitching they've never seen. Look at Joe Adele down in Anaheim struggling so much. I mean, what were your expectations about Bart? Well, you know, I've, I've seen so little of him, which is actually not at all uh, live. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really sheltering uh, very strictly because of my age and health condition, so I'm not at the park. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't get a chance to see him play live in the minor leagues. But just uh, it was really dramatic to hear what the players and writers and everyone uh, was saying about him during the uh, the summer the summer camp, like this guy is is something different, you know. And uh, whether it was Kruko and Kuiper or you know guys like you and Kerry or Andy Baggerly or you know players just coming right out and saying, you know, this guy is special, and we basically you know we need him. I, I wasn't terribly upset the way they handled him as far as bringing him up, you know. If it, it's like this is just a, a crazy season. I mean, just. You know we're okay now. He's he's here. Let's not even think about that. Um, but he's just um, he's just he's he's a very calm. Seems seems like a very calm, quiet sort of you know player. His, his presence is, is quiet, and yet he's just he's loud. I mean, the, the the double down the line, the homer off the center field fence, the ball that almost took a brick out of the arcade. I mean, for heaven's sakes, this guy. You know, every game he does something that makes you think, wow. I mean, his catching skills are appear to be excellent um so he you know he he, he kind of gives you that you hate to make the comparison in a way he kind of gives you that buster posey feeling in the in the sense that here comes a young catcher on a team that's that's trying to be relevant 
and he's got everything it takes, and he becomes the centerpiece of uh, something great. And I don't think it's a stretch to sort of fantasize that way. Yeah, and it, it's kind of funny. Actually, I was doing some research for the newsletter, the Giant Splash newsletter, and I found a column that our colleague Scott Osler wrote about how when Posey came up, this was from 2009, how he's made it, it's made it fun again. And then he wrote a column that was in the, in the paper today about how Joey Bart's here and, you know, <laughs> now it's fun again. So, yeah. uh, I mean, I'm not sitting here on the giant splash here in the boom, boom room, um, you know, trying to accuse my colleague of plagiarizing himself, which I don't even know if it, it's illegal, but it, it does just go to show just like, just speaks to what you just said about what one player can do, but it, it can't be just one player. It, it just, to me, it seems like it's the turning point or sort of the, in politics, they use the word inflection point a lot. This is sort of like where the, the, the nadir, where the dip in this rebuild is. And then maybe you start turning the corner um, and, and maybe things get fun again. And maybe all the terrible baseball we've seen since the end of the 2016 season uh, with the Giants is, is over. And uh, they can they can start winning again. I mean, uh, now you got Hel- Elliot Ramos who may be next. Uh, I, I don't. I mean, I just hope I live long enough to see that um, Luciano kid. Right? I mean, you've heard all about him, right? The shortstop. Yeah, it, you know, it makes you project a little bit. Uh, definitely Ramos. I think he's shown enough. He's definitely going to get a test before sooner than later. Uh, Luciano, you're right. I want to see him tomorrow. Obviously, that's way not going to be the case, but. Or just, you know, the, you know, Hunter Bishop and Canario in the outfield, uh, Luis Toribio is a third baseman that they really like. And, geez, Patrick Bailey is a catcher who, who had sort of Joey Bart-like credentials in a way coming out of college. Uh, that's intriguing. I mean, maybe he or, or Bart can play first base. I mean, you start looking at the prospects and all the young pitchers they've got coming up too. And, and uh, you just – it's fun to think about the, the possibility of that, that they will have some players to surround – uh, Bart, like the Giants had with Posey. Yeah, yeah. And sorry about sorry about all those notifications. We're having a sale on dirty martinis here in the Boom Boom Room, high atop the Hotel Myrna Loy. Uh, so our phones are ringing off the hook. Um, I let you, I mean, just talking about. I mean, that you're talking about that for the far term, just for the the near term here. Um, you know, thirty games left, uh, and you got like Mike Yastrzemski, who's actually putting up MVP numbers. Now, I don't think he could win an MVP. Uh, when you have uh, Mookie Betts and uh, Fernando Tatis, right. because they're they're getting all of the uh, you know they're getting they're getting all of the publicity and whatnot. But you know, with guys like Bart and Ted and uh, Yastrzemski, Solano's cooling off a little bit. But at the same time, you got guys like uh, Brandon Belt and uh, Brandon Crawford who are getting a, a little bit hotter. I mean, Dickerson hit a home run the other day, and this is a team that is third in the league in runs. I can't believe I'm saying that on a giant splash podcast after the last few years. I mean, has it always been your feeling that, you know, even a team that, you know, may not win is always going to be more interesting if it scores runs? Oh, without a doubt. I, I remember being a big fan of the Pittsburgh Pirates over the years from afar because their lineup was just so tremendous. And they finally, you know, they did win in, in 71 uh, and again in, in 79, but um but yeah, it just uh, hitting—it's it, just such a fun thing to watch. And you know, the Giants, the right-handed hitting in particular, you know, we, you know, to me, Flores and Solano are, are definitely for real as as solid right-handed hitters. They're not going to be hitting four thirty or whatever. But but you watch the the way they approach things, and it's it's no, no accident. You know, Bart's right-handed, uh, Longoria can certainly still do things, and you know, Dubon and Slater are doing things, and 
you know, maybe Jalen Davis uh, becomes a, a factor, it, you know, all of which made the, you know, the release of Hunter Pence, you know, a little more palatable because they're so, they're so strong from the right side. And, and it is, it, it's, uh, it's, uh, I don't think it's accidental. And then you get Yaz and Dickerson from the left side and, uh, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it, you're right. A, a, a team that hits consistently is always going to be fun to watch. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's been the problem. I mean, the giants in their, even in their good years, they would win games four to three and, uh, five to five to four. And, you know, the fans were happy because they won, but now all of a sudden you start losing games four to three and three to two. And it's just, a, it's just such a big yawner. And, and you, you wrote another column that was interesting. It was part of your three dot lounge. Three dot lounge is a big, big competitor to the boom, boom room. One of us is going to put the other out. Of oh, business. We're going head to head. I tell you head to head here, but you wrote, you wrote a column about how you thought there were two aspects of tradition that should be eliminated. Now, one of them being the, uh, you know, have names on the back of the uniforms at home, which the Giants have not had. That was a Peter McGowan thing. And also keeping those portholes boarded up. They boarded them up in right field, uh, you know, to keep the keep fans from congregating because that was not healthy in the COVID crisis. But it's had the added effect or the un- unexpected effect of keeping some of that wind at bay and making uh, Oracle more of a hitter's park. Um, you still feel that way or did, uh, did people screaming at you change your mind? No, I've completely reversed field on both of them, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm very sensitive to criticism. Uh, no, uh, n- not at all. I mean, you know, with the, with the, uh, the names on the backs that, that to me, uh, just in general is, is something that, that you need to have. Now, admittedly, you know, sharp fans are memorizing the numbers and they're, they're getting all over you if you're saying they should all be identified, but you know, there's a lot of fans who are sort of, you know, they're casual fans. They may not know, um, you know, uh, Slater from, from Duggar. They, they, they just don't, you know, and the shots of the dugout are especially telling. When somebody, somebody hits a home run and he gets back to the dugout and you got these guys and they're acting all crazy and it's number 22 and number 29, you know, who are they really? I mean, if they just came up on Tuesday, um, it just doesn't make sense to me. And the Giants, you know, they're gonna. There's gonna be a lot of transition with this club as it goes on. We mentioned all those names. Some of those guys are gonna be big leaguers. They're gonna have their own numbers, and guys are gonna come in from other places. It just seems to me just pretty obvious um, that you just put the names on the back of the damn uniforms. It's it's not that. Yeah. And, and the, it seems to be across the board feeling. Uh, talking to Larry Bear, that uh, the Giants, you know, all all the way across the executive board and really everybody is in agreement there. So that's going to be in there next year. As far as the, uh, the, the right field, the field level um, uh, portals out there, uh, the, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a crazy thing to think that closing off that field level uh, air pocket would make that much of a difference, but it's, it just keeps happening. Uh, Kruko was on it from the very first night against the A's in the, in the exhibition game. He goes, this yard's playing different. And, you know, if you look at it, the prevailing wind around here this time of year comes out of the northwest. So you figure, why would that be coming through when, you know, at an east-facing um, part of the yard? But, again, apparently the way the park is structured, the wind kind of wraps around and comes right through right. there off the bay. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're playing right field, from what I've, I'm told, that more often than not, you can feel that wind at the back of your neck. You know, that thing's coming in pretty strong. So if you, if you turn that off, um, all of a sudden you've got a different yard. I, I've, I've, I've become increasingly, I, I was so adamant about not bringing in the fences, but you know, I, I'm changing my mind there just from the fact that 
you can't spend, you know, a half a century identifying yourself as a team that doesn't hit, you know, and, oh, we're going to get out hit here, so we can't, you know, we'll, we'll load up on pitching, and I guess we should forget the Bryce Harpers and everybody else of the world. You, you shouldn't think that way. You should, you should build a team that can hit, and they're doing that right now. Uh, yeah, and I, and I mean, with, especially with the prospects coming up that they that they've got. I mean, yeah. you know, they're actually ahead. They're 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 they've got many more young hitting prospects right now than you know, kind of sure thing pitching prospects. Yeah. And you know, I like uh, Osler had a good idea because uh, you know I had made the point that uh, you know that porthole is is a great unique feature uh, that then anybody can just walk over and watch part of a ball game for free. His idea was putting up some sort of clear screen like uh you know i don't think actual glass would be a good idea because that could be dangerous to the populace and the players but <laughs> some sort of plexiglass where you could still keep the wind out yeah. and people could still see right absolutely i don't see anything wrong with that because yeah i mean once you have a uh, watch the game for free feature and you take it away that that's never cool uh no, and, you know, no. the way they're they're thinking next year i mean who knows the way there's such a the way the country treats the pandemic which is like whatever um you know next season might be no fans also and that that would make it automatic to close it off because you can't. Right. You just can't have fans by the very nature of that thing. They're all crowding up against each other to see the game, and you can't have that during a pandemic. So it might be a moot point next year. Uh, but yeah. eventually, I think it's something. Uh, I don't know if they're ready to do it, but uh, but like you say, that Osler's idea is great because that way you get the best of both worlds. Right. And uh, well, as we conclude here uh, on this edition of the Giant Splash, just. You got one month left of the baseball season, the regular season. Giants or not Giants? What are you looking forward to most? Um, well, I just uh, – I tell you, across the bay, um, this is a Giants uh, podcast, but you know, the A's are very, very compelling. Uh, and it's great because both teams are, really are. Um, it seems like in a given year, one year is a lot more watchable than the other or whatever, but um, – I really like what the A's are doing, and and you know, but the, as we've said throughout this this uh, broadcast, um, the Giants are extremely fun to watch. I think outside the Giants, I, I'm totally into San Diego. I love Tatis, I love Machado, you know, Will Myers and Hosmer. They got all kinds of style. They're showmen down there. They're having a blast. They're young and on the rise, and I think that's great for the Giants division. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm counting the Dodgers homers every night. And uh, Houston, uh, one other thing I would – the Astros' plight, I think, is is uh, always interesting day-to-day. -day. They struggle. They win a bunch in a row. They, they got 19 pitchers hurt. They went to the Dusty Baker angle, and uh, they're coming up on the A's. So, <clears throat> to me, there's an awful lot going on, and I'm getting – I'm slowly getting back to the mode where I'm trying to keep track of everything. Uh, at, at first, I was like, well, how is this even going to have a season? You know, forget it. I'm not even – I don't even care, you know, but I, I really do care about a lot of it now. Yeah, well, you know, I'm just looking forward to those 52-inning doubleheaders. We, we get that going, and I'll be happy. <laughs> um, you know, listen, Bruce, thank you so much for joining me on the Giant Splash. Uh, I always fun. We did one last year. Uh, let's let's hope it's not another year before we do another, okay? Yeah, and by the way, Boom Boom Mancini just knocked at my door. So <laughs> I feel we may have to close up shop here pretty soon. We might. <laughs> All right. Well, you take it easy, Thanks, Bruce. Thanks, Henry. Thank you for listening. We'll bring you more on the Giants Splash throughout the second half of the season and the postseason. The Giants Splash is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Podcast producers are King Kaufman and Alan Johnson. The theme song, Batter Up, was written and performed by Lauren Gold and Ray Eastless. 
Support The Splash and all of our great journalism by signing up for a Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod. 